Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Trevor Olson Show, episode number 48 on Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. I am your returning host, Trevor Olson. It's a pleasure to be back. Did you miss me? Oh, did you miss me? I've got a girlfriend, but I like you. And she won't mind what we're about to do. Have you heard the new song, folks? New track out. No, it's going to be back. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> get things set up here. All right. Yes, it's a pleasure to be back, as I'm sure those of you who have been following along with the podcast, uh, you guys were aware that I was gone on a bit of a road trip. Uh, the road trip went fantastically, fantastically. It was excellent. It was very fun. It was really, uh, it was everything I wanted it to be. I'm trying to think of like a cool answer of what what to say when people would ask me like, what the road, how you know, how was the road trip? And uh, yeah, I came up with the the lines, something along the lines of, you know, everything I expected or everything I, what did I say? I don't know. It was something like that. And also I came up with a good line when I was on the road because I kept getting asked the question, uh, how long are you here for? And I was like, till I feel like leaving. <laughs> and uh, it was a hit. It was a hit. People were like, I love that. That's great. Also, a common universal, a common univer universal response whenever I told people that I was on a four-week solo road trip, almost everybody responded with... That's so cool. I wish I could do that. And it made me realize just people's desire, people's natural inclination towards curiosity and towards adventure and exploration. And I just always told them, I was like, just go do it. And then a lot of them were women. And so they said, oh, well, it's a little different as a woman, which I can understand as far as like safety and being alone and stuff like that. So it probably is a little bit easier as a man and as a man, a young man in particular, who's uh, I don't know, physically capable of defending one's self. I had pepper spray in my, uh, in my vehicle and on my keychain, uh, almost accidentally pepper sprayed some people, like, cause like, there's a little knob that easily gets twist, twisted, and if it gets twisted and it, it gets pressed down, pepper sprays are coming. So, uh, but fortunately I did not, uh, accidentally pepper spray myself or anybody else, but I was indeed prepared uh, if somebody if somebody decided that they were gonna fuck with me, I was and I was ready. I was ready. So what should we uh, should we discuss the trip a bit? I think so. It was twenty eight days. I can't believe I'm back and doing this, and I've done the trip. I mean, I've been talking to you guys about uh, excuse me about this road trip for. I think I talked to you guys about it, you know, on and off for a couple months, and. I just came to the conclusion that I was I'm doing it and and then I went off and did it and I it's just weird to be back and and to be telling you guys about it now. Oh, let me show you this. Let me see. Get a nice little close. New Mexico. I'm ready for the aliens. That was one conclusion of the trip. Um, I'm I'm ready for the aliens. That's for sure. <laughs> No, I was in Roswell, New Mexico, which, for those of you who aren't aware, was made famous. I believe, if I'm if I'm remembering the the date correctly, in 1947, supposedly there was an alien spacecraft that crashed there, and there was a government cover up, and that's one 
particular example of how the evidence suggests that it it, it can't all be easily dismissed. It, it's 2021 and people are still going there. I went to the UFO museum. Duh. Uh, and it, it, it's it's when it comes to aliens and extraterrestrial life and UFOs, something like 85 to 90% of it can all easily be dismissed by just, you know, miss just, you know, valuable eyes and, um, is that a word? Valuable, valuable eyes and, um, just incorrectly seeing something that's easily, uh, act that's actually understood or, a lot of people with mental illness who are schizophrenic or stuff like that. Yeah, crazy people. Cra There's a lot of crazy people who are into conspiracy theories and aliens. And so you got to gotta look out for that. There's a lot of shit you got to sift through. But once you sift through it, there's about 10 to 15% of of UFO phenomena, phenomena? phenomenon that need to be questioned further and looked at and investigated. And Roswell is one of those cases. And so, of course, I was going to get a little alien here. You can see it now, now that it's not sparkly. There you go. Three aliens. Three sparkly aliens. New Mexico, the land of enchantment. So it was 28 days, 15 states, and 7,000 miles, just under 7,000 miles. And I went solo, and it was really, really fantastic. It was much needed just having having not traveled in 2020 and having had a really what I consider a, a hyper discipline year with regards to my music and my health and everything that I was working on and working towards I felt that I had accomplished enough and I had earned a trip and I also just come from I come from a family that doesn't travel and I have this hunger for travel and as a as an adult now you know it's you just you realize oh I can just go off and do it myself and that's what I did and so yeah I, I do and I, I I know I would regret not traveling and so I have all definitely I, I get I get how when people say you get the bug uh, COVID-19 no the travel bug the travel bug when you get that it's like you start traveling you want to keep going. It's like anything. You get tattoos. You want to get more. You have sex. You want a hooker. Like, I get it, okay? Things spiral, folks. Things spiral out of control. So I for sure am someday, and I actually am. I'm not just saying this. I will go over to Europe. and If my music doesn't bring me there first, um, I will go over there and just bounce all around. I'll get a, a, a ticket on the transit, you know, pay for whatever, six months or whatever it is. Uh, and just bounce all over Europe. I want to, I want to truly, I need, I have to explore the world. I have a hunger for it. And so even, but first and foremost, I need to keep seeing these beautiful states that, you know, is part of the United States. We have a beautiful country, uh, filled with beautiful people. And I got to experience that firsthand for the last month. Uh, a lot of hugs, a lot of smiles, a lot of laughs, a lot of joy, um, a lot of great conversation. It was it was great. There was really there was nothing negative that happened along the way. Um, there was well, there was one crazy event which I'll tell you guys about, but or a couple. 
But um, no, my vehicle held up. I had it all tuned up and fixed up before I left. And now, uh, and it had zero problems, zero problems. I got, excuse me, and uh, an oil change in Arizona after I'd gone like 3,000 miles. And, um, you know, I'd made it the next, you know, uh, close to 4,000 miles home. And uh, no problems, which is good. <clears throat> so let's uh, let's jump into the trip, shall we? I left on March 1st, and I the first couple of days I just wanted to make some headway and get some distance between me and Michigan. And so I got a little bit past Chicago the first day. Uh, I should say too that I made a bed in my car, uh, laid down the back seats, made a bed, have a, had a sleeping case, bunch of pillows. And, uh, so that way I didn't have to get a hotel. I didn't have to get an Airbnb. Uh, if I wanted to, I could get a hotel or an Airbnb, but I didn't feel the need to do that. You can park at rest stops. You can park in RV parks. You can park street parking, wherever, you know, as long as it's overnight and free, uh, you can kind of do whatever you want. It's up to you. As long as you feel safe, as long as you feel secure and that the area you're in is good, you're good to go. So I made a bed in my car, and uh, night one, I slept just a little bit south of Chicago. And that was actually the coldest night I probably slept in my vehicle. It got down to 19 degrees. And so if it's 19 degrees outside, you're sitting in a vehicle that's not running overnight. It's going to get 19 degrees in the vehicle. And so I slept. Uh, that was, the, that was the, the coldest night. But I was, like, super excited, and, you know, it was day one. So it's not it's not like I was four weeks in and worn out, and then I was like, oh, shit, I got to sleep in fucking 20-degree weather if I'm sleeping in my car tonight. It wasn't like that. I was excited, and I was like, let's give it a shot, and let's see how the sleeping bag holds up. And I slept on and off, but I did sleep, and I slept well. Uh, I didn't expect to sleep great just because whenever – I mean, I could go to my neighbor's house and – the first time I sleep there, I'm not going to sleep great. Anytime you sleep in a new environment, your brain kind of stays half awake because it's it doesn't really know what's going on, where we are, and if there's threats or predators or or whatever. So you, you even if you feel like you see, sleep soundly, your brain is kind of half asleep. Because I'm a neuroscientist. So I <laughs> uh, got a little bit past Chicago. Next day, I made it to Memphis, Tennessee. And I wanted to hang out there, listen to some blues, uh, take in the city. This was weird. When I rolled up to, to Memphis, it was a ghost town. Like, I don't know if it was COVID-19 or if, if it was just the time of day or whatever was going on. But it was, it was, it was a ghost town. There was actually zero people on the streets. Zero. In downtown Memphis. I was looking around. I'm like, this is fucking eerie. It was eerie. It was eerie. And I was like, that's really weird. And so I, I think I went to a, yeah, I did. I went, I went and worked out at a, at a gym. And then uh, it was like eight o'clock and I made my way back to Beale Street. So Beale Street is, it's the touristy sort of area in downtown Memphis. A lot of blues, uh, a lot of blues music, BB King shit up, BB King bar, restaurant place. Um, it's a cool little street. It's it's like Broadway in Nashville, but not as flashy. But and also the police presence was preposterous. I mean, there was cop cars everywhere, and so I was I just I'm gonna just stay right in the I'm gonna stay right in this street. And it's funny too because I I looked it up later, and I I just typed in you know is is Memphis Tennessee safe, 
And it just kept a big headline popped up. It said, Memphis, Tennessee, the most dangerous city in the South. I was like, oh, wow, okay, good good start. And I, I found out later that half the places I went to, well, was, are, were dangerous. But, I mean, where there's people, there's danger. So you can't be afraid of, of that. Just be smart. And uh, so, but I went to this blues bar in downtown Memphis. And funny enough, funnily, funnily, funny, 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 funny enough, I ran into, uh, I, I, there was this dude sitting down at the table. He was by himself. I was like, I'll see if this dude, you know, if I can join this dude. Sat down. I was like, hey, man, mind if I join you? He's like, no, dude. Uh, we started chatting. His name is Tim. And funny enough, uh, he was also on a solo road trip. And he was going from New York out to California. So I, this was, you know, two days in. And I run into this guy doing the same thing. And, and we end up uh, watching the band, which was awesome. Uh, we watched the band, and he was having. We were just hanging out, and uh, we just had a great time and connected. And really, really connected. We had a great time, and uh, he he was nice at the end because he had asked where I had been sleeping. I was like, oh, I slept in my car last night, and I was like, I'll just probably do that again. And he was like, Hey, man, if you want, you can you can crash, you know, in my you know, on the spare, on the pullout in the hotel room. He's like, I don't think you're going to murder me. And I was like, well, good, because I don't think you're going to murder me. So uh, we trusted each other, and uh, nobody got murdered, which is good, which is great, actually. It's great when nobody gets murdered. And so we, I spent the night at his, in, you know, in the hotel room, which was nice to have a, have a bed. And uh, we woke up the next morning. We had lunch. I can't remember where it was, but it, I had uh, gumbo for the first time. And be, be, you know, blues music was playing, and I had gumbo and, excuse me, gumbo and catfish. So I was like, all right, like I'm in it. This is why I'm here. And then him and I went to Graceland together as well, and and then of course we exchanged info and everything, and uh, we've actually kept in touch throughout the trip. And I imagine that you know we'll actually we're actually friends, which is great. So uh, Tim, great meeting you, dude. And uh, nice guy. He's like, if you ever want to come out to New York, you've got a place and. I said the same thing with Michigan, and uh, yeah, he was a good dude. And so, uh, like two days in, made a new friend, which is great. And so, from Memphis, I cruised to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I should say, too, about Memphis. Like, it made perfect sense why blues was so prominent there, because the struggle and the, the poverty and the adversity, it was, it was all so tangible, uh, so I just I, I noticed that it, it was rough. It was rough around the edges, but in, in a very beautiful way, which uh, which which I really I came to appreciate because I was able to fucking leave. Uh, <laughs> no, it was nice. I had a great time. Uh, and like I said, it makes sense that the blues started there, man. Or, you know, the blues were a central part there. So from there, I cruised to Jackson, Mississippi slept on uh, something, some bar, it was called the Barnett Reservoir, I'm missing the first part of the name, but this big, beautiful lake reservoir, woke up to the sun shining, uh, gorgeous, three days in, beautiful way to, I just went, I basically just slept in Jackson, Mississippi, and I downloaded this app, also, if any of you guys are looking to travel, I recommend downloading this app called iOverlander, and it's a map of the United States, and uh, basically, if you zoom in wherever you are, you're going to see little green dots that are marked locations of where fellow travelers have stayed. So it could be an official campsite. It could be an unofficial campsite, which is what I did. Uh, you know, I parked 
just on a, la- on a lake, which is, it wasn't a campsite, but I just spent the night there. Um, or it might be street parking. It might be, it could be anything. It's really meant for, what's, well, I was going to say it's meant for RVs, but there's a lot of RV stuff on there, but really it's just, I use it for, for finding places to sleep, uh, overnight. And so I slept there, I got up and then from Jackson, Mississippi, I cruised on down to Baton Rouge. And it was funny with Baton Rouge. Um, I just rolled up wherever my phone took me. I never, never knew where I was going to end up. I just ended up where I ended up and that's how I wanted to do it. And so I rolled up right downtown, got out, start walking around and I'm looking around at all the different restaurants and all the different people. And I walk around the block and uh, I see this oyster bar and mainly I went in there because there was a bunch of cute waitresses. And so I sat down at the bar. Uh, there's this woman to my left. I introduce myself to her. We start talking and I ask her what she did. And she explained to me that she was a yoga instructor. And so I was like, oh, cool. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's I'm, I'm teaching a class right outside the oyster bar here in 10 minutes if you'd like to join us. And I was like. Okay, so so 10 minutes into rolling up to Baton Rouge, I'm doing group yoga with 40 women. Uh, I'm in the front row enjoying myself. It was great. It was it really was. It was it was fantastic. And then I met a big group of them afterwards. And uh, we all went back to the oyster bar and we had oysters and drinks until like three in the morning. It was a great time. And uh, that sort of thing just happened throughout the whole trip. The whole trip was me cruising up to an area introducing myself to the local people, having the local foods, the local drinks, and uh, and that's what it was about, and it was great. And then, so from Baton Rouge, uh, I cruised on over to New Orleans, and uh, it was the culture there, if you've never been, I mean, the culture, and it was, and again, the soul, it was just tangible. It was, it was so full it was vibrant and full of life and it's it's its own universe down there man there's dancers and there's painters and there's musicians i don't know if i, I don't think i'd want to live there but i mean as far as as seeing i mean or being there man it was it was just especially for the first time being there it was beautiful it was beautiful i rolled up i had my my tarot is that how you say that tarot cards I had my tarot cards read at a voodoo shop in uh uh yeah in downtown new orleans which was total bullshit uh it wasn't it wasn't accurate she's like you have an addictive personality not really and maybe i do i don't know but i i I approached it with an open mind and she just was saying stuff and she's like i'm a witch and i'm like okay (laughs) i'm like okay and she's like she she keep getting fucking people calling her on her cell phone during our session which i you know paid 50 dollars for which is like 15 minutes but uh i was like i'm here i'm gonna do it so uh but anyway uh i walked oh uh, i did the whole downtown jackson square uh, i went you know aquarium i did i just i walked all over i had a bunch of different i ate at different restaurants i think I, it was called the gumbo shop that i ate at uh which was great i had and for the first few days i was really hungry because i was snacking and eating less and uh so that was really the first day that I had a big meal and I had like this four course everything from you know starting off with gumbo to the main course to dessert afterwards it was great it was great and uh from there um so I'm hanging out I'm hanging out downtown New Orleans and it's about 10 o'clock 
And I was ready to call the night because I was getting tired, but I was like, no, dude, you're here. You got to just enjoy yourself. And I should state as well that, you know, whatever it is, that 1.8 mile stretch of Bourbon Street uh, that's famously known down there. I mean, there had to have been 10,000 people. I mean, shoulder to shoulder for two miles. I mean, it was it was thousand. There's probably 10,000 people there. And this is this is, by the way, the what you had to do in order to walk in. Uh, you had to put your mask on, but as soon as you walked in, you could take it off. It made, cause you, you could see into all the bars and all the restaurants and you could look right in and clearly see that nobody's wearing a mask. And yet they'd be like, you need a you know mask, mask on to enter and the bodyguard, whatever, they'd be standing outside with a mask on and, and you'd enter in and you just take it off. I was like, the illogicality of the fucking masks is preposterous. But anyway, um, so it's around 10 o'clock and I'm watching this group of drummers, these nine drummers, these nine teenage drummers, clearly they were quite young and man, they were awesome. I mean, they would kick ass if it was, if it was that, if it was like a high school band competition, like these guys were killing it and they had, they were just feeling, you could see it. There was just, and they were doing these dances that were like sexual. I was like, oh my God, they're so like, they're sex. They're just openly expressing their sexuality. I was like, I, I was like, I, I, I can't even do that. <laughs> like these kids are doing it. And, um, and everyone was doing it down there, man. Different world, different world than up here at least. And, uh, they were doing the routine and it was really great and it was fun and energetic. And I watched them for about a half an hour. And then their routine kind of sort of came to an end and there was a bit of a, a halt and then there was like a slight commotion but there were so many people that you couldn't tell what was going on and then all you hear is pop and it was a gunshot and so I started running along with most everybody else and then as most people are running you hear we hear another pop and so that really solidified it for everybody so now everybody's running because there was just gunshots and it was completely reactionary and instinctual. There was no thought to it at all, but you just, all, all of a sudden I was just sprinting away from the gunshots and I watched this poor woman fall in front of me and, uh, she, yeah. And like she, I was like, I'm sure she got trampled, but, but I just like NFL'd my way around her. And I was like, I'm not dying for you, bitch. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, no, I got around the corner and I was like, what kind of a man am I? Like just existential questions, <laughs> but I kept running and I ran for like two more blocks, got down. And then I, I walked the rest of my, the rest of the way to my car, which was about five blocks away. And, uh, yeah, I looked it up the next day, dude. And dude, and there was, uh, yeah, this Florida woman, classic Florida woman. She, she pulled out a gun and shot two, two teenagers uh, and I'm sure it was sure. I'm sure it was uh, the drummers. It had to have been because they were the like the only teenagers there. It's late at night on Bourbon Street. The rest of people are mainly adults. There was some children out though too. I was like, this is not safe. Uh, like I said, crazy place. Beautiful though. And uh, fortunately, both those kids look like they're recovering and they're not going to die. So which is great. Um, but yeah, so I was a little shook up. I called, I called Shane and I was like, Hey dude. And I just kind of explained it to him and he kind of calmed me down and talked me through it. And, and he reminded me, he's like, Hey, if, you know, if, you know, where are you staying? I was like, I don't know. I was, 
going to sleep in my car, but I don't feel like too safe anymore. And he's like, just get a hotel. And I was like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> and so I got, a, I, I drove about eight miles out of the city and got a hotel that night. But yeah, man, Bourbon Street's the wild west. Uh, definitely still would recommend going there and, and, and checking it out. Uh, but you just have to be smart and be safe. So from there, I was going to maybe stick around another day, but the shooting kind of made me want to keep moving. So I cruised on over to Holly Beach, Louisiana, and this is a way on the West Coast, close to Texas. And I didn't realize this, but I just wanted to see the coast and see the beach. And um, I, when I got there, uh, there was a lot of damage still from uh, Hurricane Laura, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, it was something to see. I mean, there was these beautiful beach houses and there was just tons of damage. So I didn't stay there, uh, but I did, you know, I'm glad I went and checked it out and, uh, it was fun. I mean, well, I mean, it was fine. I almost got stuck on the sand cause I drove onto the beach and I was I almost got stuck. I had to spend a few minutes getting out of it. But, um, so I just, from there, I cruised on over to Texas. I ended up at this little R. I think that was the first night I ended up at an RV park. And, uh, it was like a state park. And so I, I would, you're supposed to pay, supposed to pay. but I would cruise up late cause I never knew where I was staying and I would cruise up late and the office would always be closed and there would never be anybody there. And I, I would just park and, and, uh, you know, I just needed, I just needed a space to park and I would, I'd park and spend the night and then I'd, I'd take off in the morning. And so from there I went to Galveston and Galveston was a really cool little town, you know, a lot of buildings there in the 1800s that were built that are still, you know, that sort of architecture. It was really beautiful. Um, and then, um, and, and of course, there's, you know, tens of thousands of people coming in, uh, tens of thousands of people, uh, immigrants over the years that have been coming into Galveston. So it was, there's a lot of history there and it was very cool. And uh, the next day I cruised over to I'm trying to debate if I should tell you guys like everything. I don't think I will because, um, well, I, ha I have to be somewhere soon-ish, and uh, I'm gonna I'll, I'll keep this a half an hour. That way, I have some more stories to tell you. Um, so I crew from Galveston. I cruised up to Houston, and Houston, uh, very much enjoyed. I went to the Houston Museum, science Houston Science Museum, Science Museum, Houston. Uh, it was very cool. It was the the best museum I've been to. I haven't been to a ton of museums, but it for sure was the best one. And uh, they had on on exhibit this uh, the body works. I don't know if you guys have any of you guys have been there or or seen it, but it's crazy, man. They take cadavers, formerly known as people, uh, so dead bodies, and these bodies have been, you know, stripped of the skin, and which is crazy. The person who figured out to do this. I, I, I was joking around. I was like, you can only imagine the conversation that this man had with his wife. He was probably like, honey, I have a really great idea. And what's that, Larry? And he's like, I, I, I want to, you know, I want to capture the human body in all of its glory and, you know, keep it like that. Oh, that's great. How are you going to do that? And it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take somebody's dead body. I'm going to skin them alive. I'm, alive. I'm going to skin them. And then I, I mean, it was just crazy. So look it up if you've never seen it. Body works. And it's just the body. And these are real people who, who died and don't, you know, donated their bodies uh, to science. Science. And uh, it was nuts. There was bodies. That, I mean, yeah, I I'm doing a horrible job of explaining it, but just 
there's a human body there and you see all you see everything all the muscles all the ligaments all the bones and it's all what the fuck is the word it's just all there <laughs> and um it was crazy to see i mean ever you'd see everything from an adult human to uh to the you know a 5 week old infant and even at 7 weeks old like you can see five fingers and five toes and it, it truly blew my mind i was like i can't believe this is how we all start that one cell that divides into two i mean it really it was uh, oh wow lighting just got really terrible it really was um it just reminded me of the absolute miracle of life and and how <laughs> from one cell to two here we are you know Here's me talk. Here I am talking into your, into your little ears, uh, through a microphone and doing a podcast. It's just it was it was spectacular to see, and it was it was everything. Like I said, from a five weeks up to a nine month nine month old baby, and you know obviously the baby had, these babies had died, which is tragic and sad. But because I even asked them, I was like, are these real? And they're like, yep. And yeah, it was just really something to see, to see. Um, to see I mean, it was crazy it really was um it was you know humbling and like i said the just the the miracle that we all come from that from one cell to two from two to four from four to eight and before you know it here we are so life's a miracle folks in case you forgot um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it at that for now i'm gonna that way that way i can keep sharing the stories with you throughout the weeks or the days whatever uh great to be back folks great to be back i'm gonna keep sharing stories with you guys uh obviously on social media and back to the podcast on here uh and back on patreon as well if you guys would like to uh get exclusive access to the podcast on there i do an episode every saturday as well so you can head over to patreon.com slash Trevor Olson and uh, you can sign up not only gain access to the podcast but you can get a bunch of cool shit as well so it's good to be back. Thank you guys uh, for listening. You guys keep moving forward. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and we will see you on Saturday.